0: Best dad, but at the same time, you can celebrate who they are. You know that uh, when it comes to uh, police officers, police officers always aren't the most uh, pleasant people that you want to have encounter with, right? But even though you may not like them for what they're doing, you can appreciate and honor the office that they stand in, right? And that's not necessarily a good example, but necessarily when it comes to dads, we may not have, we may not have had the best dad, but you can honor. Who They are in the person that gave you life. Does that make sense? Just purposing to take the high road. Amen. Well to lighten that note, thanks for your enthusiasm on that. Praise the Lord. Uh, let me just start with a joke if I can. Now I'm the best joke teller for many of you that know me. Uh, I, <laughs> I tell jokes so good and I'm going to attempt it on Father's Day. But I heard this uh, story of a young boy. He and his father they went on a field trip to the zoo and it was a kindergarten field trip And so as they were there at the zoo, they started going through all the exhibits They got in front of this exhibit and it was where the tigers were And the little boy was examining just the massiveness and just the majestic Nature of the tiger and the dad says to his boy. He says boy He said these things are ferocious They have a voracious appetite and the boy says dad in the event that one of them escapes and they eat you, and his dad says yes with this idea that he was going to have to consult his son, He's, the son says, which bus do I get on to go back home? <laughs> Thanks for that laugh. Well, speaking of uh, eating and having an appetite, there was a little girl, she was having lunch with her dad, and mom had made some grilled cheese and some soup, and and so as they're sitting there eating for lunch, the little girl says to her dad, she says, Dad, is it okay to eat bugs? And her dad says to her, he says, baby, he says, you know, we shouldn't talk about such things at the dinner table. And then later on in the night, they're sitting there on the couch watching television. And he says to his little girl, he says, hey, baby, he says, you know, uh, what were you saying? You were saying something about a bug at the dinner table. What was you asking me about? She goes, oh, never mind. It was in your suit, but it's gone now. <laughs> It was all right. All right. Thanks, man. (laughs) I think I got to get somebody just to tell jokes for me. You anticipate me telling bad jokes. And so I set it up poorly. All right. Anyways, well, if I can, I'll just give you something kind of humorous just from a personal experience or just my personal life. And uh, obviously, we're celebrating dads, but we're also talking about the stewards, and what that means, and what that looks like to to steward our lives, and ha- that God actually expects us to steward these lives and so it really doesn 't matter whether it 's you or whether it 's me; we all have this responsibility to steward our lives, steward our homes, steward our families and so uh, it 's interesting how your kids have a way of really checking you as to the nature of how well you 're doing as as a parent, and so uh, this Uh, Past week, my sister-in-law, my wife's uh, sister... Came in from Chicago, and uh, her little boy is the age of our children. And so they were so excited about uh, Aunt Courtney and Sean to come. And so they were getting their rooms already because, you know, one of them was going to stay in, in in their rooms. And so they were getting them all picked up, and, and they were uh, getting ready in anticipation for them to show up the next day. And so I was out in the living room watching uh, television, and my son, he comes out, and he's he's only five years old. And he comes, and he sits next to me, and he's watching TV with me. And then he stops. He says, Dad! I said, yeah. He he says, I was in uh, Addison's room. And he says, "Uh, when I was in there, she says to me, she says, get the hell out of my room. I said, what? She says, yeah. She said, get the hell out of my room. I said, really? And so I called my daughter. I said, Addison, come in here. And so she comes in there. And I said, Carson said that you said get the hell out of his room. And she goes, I didn't say that. He said it. He told me that. I'm like, really? Now, the interesting thing is, now, I don't have cable or anything like that, and so I just got regular rabbit-ear TV. But just a few nights before that, I was watching TV. In fact, it might have been a Sunday night, and it was just one of those programs like CSI or whatever. And that statement was something that one of the characters had said. I mean, just regular TV, our kids are hearing stuff, aren't they? And picking it up, and, and our kids, they don't know what swear words are. They're, they're not familiar with it because they, they don't ever hear it. But he picks something up, and so I says to him, I says, did you say that? He says, no, mm-mm. And I said, now, Carson, I said, now, you're not in tr- trouble, buddy. I said, but now, tell me the truth. If you lie to me, I said, then you'll get in trouble. I said, I just want to know, did you say that? And he says, yeah, I said it, but it was an accident. <laughs> and so my point is, is that our kids have a way of really kind of putting in front of us of how good of a job that we are doing as being a steward in our own home. And obviously they heard something in my, my own home that caused them to... Have question and the interesting thing is is that he didn't know whether or not it was a bad word or not or Necessarily he didn't hear that from me But he must have had a guilty conscience because he was trying to blame it on his sister And he somehow knew that he sh- he shouldn't have said it or somebody shouldn't have said it And so he's trying to put it off and I think it was kind of like him trying to make confessions to dad in a roundabout way but nevertheless we got a steward our homes and and again, like I said, this is just me living life in front of you guys. And, and so we were doing something the other day. And again, uh, of you know, using strong vocabulary is not something that we use in our home. Uh, we purpose to always guard the things that we, we say or even the things that our, our children hear. But as we were talking the other day, or I don't know, whatever was taking place, uh, my girls were sitting at the table. And I, in conversation said something like and again I can't remember what so forgive me for pulling out an illustration um like well, don't even have an illustration now that I'm thinking let's just say the milk was bad and I went to take a drink of the milk and I said oh the flipping milk is bad now again for me that I, I didn't really even give thought to that and again I don't remember what the exact but I used the word flipping and my daughter Addison my middle daughter now she's the one that will call you on the carpet I mean, she'll get up in your face and say, hey, whoa, mister. And so she, when I said flipping, she goes, oh, and I'm like, what? You said flipping. I said, well, that's not a bad word. And she says, okay, then I can start saying that. And I'm like, well, I guess I really don't want you to be saying that either. And what am I saying? She called me on something like that. And again, we have to purpose to be stewards of our home because our children are watching every move, aren't they? Something so simple. And so, again, I'm just being transparent with you that, man, I've got to watch those kind of things myself. Even when you think it's innocent, your children will call you on it. And it checks you to say, okay, maybe I've got to up my standards in how I talk or how I interact how I do life with my kids. Can you say amen? Amen. So when it comes to being a steward, we said this just by the definition of it. The word steward means this, a man employed in a great family to manage the domestic concerns. If you recall, we said that God's family is the greatest family that anybody could be a part of. And if you're a child of God, you are in God's family. Now, I realize not all of us have come from the lily white fence, the white picket fence to two and a half kids and just, you know, leave it to beaver kind of home. Some of us, maybe from, from backgrounds that were kind of rough, maybe you've went through some hardships of life. And I understand that, but that doesn't have to define you. The Bible says that upon receiving Christ, we've been bought and brought into the family of God. Amen. We're in the greatest family that a person could ever desire to be a part of. And it says that a steward is one that is employed by a great family to manage the domestic concerns. Number two, we said this, that it's an officer of state or a lord high steward. Stewarding of the household affairs and etc. Things of that nature. And then the last one that we shared with you. It says that it is a minister of Christ whose duties is to dispense the provisions of the gospel. To preach the doctrine and administer its ordinances. I like that one. Because God has called us as parents, as leaders, as fathers, to be a steward of our home, to be an ambassador for Christ, to be a minister whose duties is to dispense the provisions of the gospel. Did you know that the gospel brings good news, but there's provisions that come with the gospel. And that's our job, our rights, our duties as a dad to dispense those provisions of the gospel and then to proclaim the doctrines and administer its ordinances gosh there's such a high demand such a high requirement for fathers to be leaders to be mentors to be instructors and if you recall we said this concerning the word of god the bible says that when we're we're christians when we're child of god children of god That we've been bought with a price. And God says that we are no longer our own. That we belong to him. And so therefore, as a dad, as a parent, as a father, God has given us this responsibility to steward our homes. If you recall, when it came to Adam, when God said to Adam in the garden, he says, everything that I have have created, it belongs to you. And he, he used these words, he says, now tend to it the word tend is also translated as steward. Adam being the first father, the first leader, the first mentor. God said you've got a responsibility to steward this family, to do what I've called you to do, for you are a priest of your home and there is so much that rides on your shoulders. Come on guys, we've got a we've got a heavy role to play. Thank God we've got wives and mothers that will come up alongside of us and And help support us in doing the things that we need to do. Amen. And being partners with us. My wife is a gift from God. My kids are a gift from God. But if all that I am belongs to God. Then if I'll purpose to see things the right way. In the perspective of how God sees them. Even though those children are technically mine by origin. They're really God's. And God gave them to me to steward them, to help train them, to help develop them, to help mold them and shape them into the young men and women that God has desired and purposed for them to be. That's my role. Come on, it's not their jobs to become who they're supposed to be. That's my job as a dad, to become the steward of my home, to help train them, develop them, and set them on the course of their life as to who God has called them to be. And I don't know if it's, if it's just me. But I do my best to try to fulfill that duty. To raise my kids. To build them up and to be pleasing to God. But man, there's so many times that you feel like you fall short. That you miss the mark. That we, that we fail miserably. Anybody else like that? Or you think, man, I messed this up today. I think many times we're hard on ourselves. But God has given us the duty to raise them up. Because you realize that as I'm training them, I'm training them to be husbands. I'm training them to be wives. I'm training them to be fathers. I'm training them to be mothers. And everything that I am is going to be duplicated in their life. That's a scary truth, isn't it? Because everything that I am is going to be downloaded into them. And there's things now that I see, man, I don't like that in you, kid. That is your mother right there. <laughs> no, you you know what I'm talking about. Those things that you see, like, that's me. And I don't have anybody else to blame for that but me. I put that in there, right? And so God wants us to be good stewards. And, you know, as I see my kids growing up, it just seems like, my goodness, the time has gone by so fast. And And obviously, my my life is is maybe a little bit different than the norm because I'm a little bit older. My wife and I, we waited uh, several years before we started a family. And so most of my friends, they have children that are up in years, that are graduating high school, getting married, having kids of their own. Many of my friends are are grandparents already. And uh, we're just now having kids that are all under the age of 10 right now. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. But as I see our kids growing up, and like I said so many times, I think, dear God, I feel like I missed the mark. I remember there was a a pastor, he and his wife, we we developed a friendship with him several years ago. And uh, we went to dinner with him and they began to share with us that their oldest daughter was graduating from high school and was going away to college. And she was actually moving out of state. And, you know, just typically our, our thinking is, is like, well, we want our kids to be close to us. And, and I guess I had the typical response. I said to him, you know, I guess that probably makes you sad that your daughter is moving away so far away and that you won't be able to, to be close like you are now. And she says, nope, not at all. She says, In fact, God's commissioned us to raise her up to be the young woman of God that she is, to put into her the things that God desires and to help push her into her purpose. So she said, We're not sad about it at all. We're excited for the journey that she's on. And obviously, you gotta think there's a, a balance with that. You obviously miss your daughter. But the perspective was to see, we stewarded her to help her become the woman that she's becoming. And so it blesses us to let her go and become all that God has called her to be. And I believe that's what God wants us all to to see our lives as. As letting our children go to become who they are. And once again, I realize that many times we're hard on ourselves to look at the things that we've done wrong the failures, the mess-ups, the things that we wish we could do over. But I'm really convinced that God looks at us as parents, as fathers, and He has a whole lot more grace on us than we do ourselves. I'm sure He looks down and is wanting to give us a high-five and say, you did good there. You see that quality, see that nature, see what they're doing. I believe He really believes in us And is affirming us rather than beating us up for the shortcomings that many of us tend to look at. Rather than the victories and the wins and the successes that we've actually accomplished as dads and as parents. You know the Bible says this over in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. It says, and let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Notice what that says again. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. Come on, it is an admirable thing to be a mother. It's an admirable thing to be a father. And it's so easy to look at things in the current situation. Maybe they're not as as desirable as you'd like them to be. But God says, you've put in them things that I'll use. And I'll turn it around, and I'll bring it to pass in their life. And if you'll not give up on them, I'll not give up on them. And in due season, you shall see the fruits of your labor. Remember what God says? He said, train up a child in the ways that they should go. And as they depart and as they get older, they'll not depart from them. The Bible never said that they wouldn't waver from them. How many of you have ever had kids that wavered a little bit and you're thinking, dear God, how did you ever get there? I can remember having that conversation with my dad, doing things in my youthful years. And dad says, where did you ever learn that from? Who would you ever see that from? Because we never was that example. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and dad is looking at the son thinking, Where did I go wrong? But I stand before you today as a pastor because a mom and a dad didn't give up on that which they put into their son and into their daughter. That are serving God to this day. Why? Because of the investment. Not growing weary and doing good. But saying, God, we trust you. And God is pleased with what you've done as a father. He knows you're not perfect. Nobody is. In fact, for that matter... Because we were all once broken. That's why God sent Jesus. Because God himself had a messed up family. God being the most perfect father there is. He had kids that rebelled against him. But God so loved his kids that he sent the provision and the way of hope for his kids to come back home. Aren't you glad? Oh man. I don't know if you've ever been in your life. Where you walked with God and your heart was passionate toward God and then you started to drift and you fell away and it just seemed like life became dark and it just seemed like life became void. Have you ever been there? God never stopped loving on you, but you felt so empty and so alone because you felt like you walked away from God. But all the while, God was right there by your side. And the moment you turn back towards God, God says, I'm right here. And you're restored back into that fellowship. See, God wants to always bring us back into that relationship with Him. And when we look at Jesus, Jesus made this statement in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 18, because God sent His Son to make a way for His kids to come back to the Father. See, the Father had a way of stewarding His own children. And Jesus said, this is why I came. This is why. Part of the stewardship of our Heavenly Father. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then the Bible, the Bible says that Jesus closed the book and sat down and said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He said, God had a stewardship program. God purposed to steward his family. Thank God he did. Thank God he had a a way of of bringing us back through Jesus. And Jesus said, there's some specific things that I came to do. If you recall, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus once again saying, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he'll be like... Or I will liken him to the wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the Bible goes on to say that the storms of life come, beat against the house, but the house stands. How is it that we live a life, leave a legacy that stands? By being a steward that builds a house, a home, a life upon the things that God instructs us. Upon the word of God. Building it upon the rock. And the Bible says. That storms will come. Things will happen. But the house won't fall. I'm human just like you. And there's been times in. Life and in marriage where. Life just has a way of shaking you. Causing you to question things. Causing you to. To have doubts and fears, but thank God I had a foundation in Christ that always brought me back to a place of stability, that always said, this too shall pass, and it shall be as God said. And Jesus, he said this in John chapter 15, verse 7, he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask whatever you desire and it'll be done for you. If you abide in me. If you'll abide in me, if you'll abide in me, the things that I came to do, God sent me to help you steward your life. If you'll abide in me, and my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will. And my Father which is in heaven will give you the things that you ask. I don't know about you, but when my kids come to me, they know how to work me. Right? They know how to ask just right. They know how to love on you. Why? Because they want something. But when they do it the right way, it's like, "Yo, I'm just butter. Okay, sure. Why? Because anything that I can do to help my children succeed or get ahead or give them the desires of their heart, they abide in me. They come not with a disrespectful, disgruntled attitude. They come to honor Dad. And whether it's just blowing smoke or puffing me up, they're coming and honoring Dad, right? Because they have a desire. Well, So Jesus said several things in that scripture. He says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me. Dads, I want you to know that God has anointed you to be a father. Now that word anointing means simply this, the empowerment of God. It's God's empowerment upon you to be what God's called you to be. You never have to be a father, to be a dad, to be a mentor, to be a leader all by yourself because God has empowered you to be what he's wanted you to be. And actually, in Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke and removes the burden. So as a father, there's something on me. (laughs) That can help my children. When they're going through things in their life. When it seems as though they're entangled with things. There is an empowerment upon me as a dad. To help get them free. When my children are going through the burdens. And the the struggles of life. There's an empowerment upon me. Because God has anointed me as a father. To help them be set free from the entanglements of life. Whether it be peer, peer pressure. Whether it be just the challenges that they face. God has anointed me. In fact, one person challenged me one time. They said this. They said, when it comes to being a parent, parent supernaturally. What does it mean to parent supernaturally? As a believer, I don't parent just in the natural means of my own abilities. Apart from Christ, that's all you have. I can read the best books, get tutoring from the best best instructors, but that's all that I have. But as a child of God, I can be a dad supernaturally. What does that mean? That means I've got the word of God to give me instruction into my life. And that is my foundation. That is my anchor. And then the Bible says that I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. That is a counselor, a helper, a teacher. He guides me into all truth. There are things that I don't know that I don't know. But when it comes to having the need to understand what it is, the Holy Spirit within me can give me wisdom. Come on, you as parents, you've been in those positions before where your children are saying something to you, but you know that that's not the truth. And in fact, you already know. You say, well, how do you know? I just know. Well, did you see it? Did you find it? Did you hear about it? Nope, I just know. Well, how do you know? Because your knower knows. Well, what's your knower? Your knower is hooked up with the helper, the Holy Spirit. And that's parenting supernaturally. Does that make sense? I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about having the cooperation of God helping you become the best parent that he's designed you to be. Jesus also said this. He says, I've come to preach the good news of the gospel. The word preach simply means to proclaim, to declare. As dads, we have to steward our words very carefully. As I've already shared with you just from personal experience, we've got to be careful the words that our, children's, our children are hearing. Words mold our children. It doesn't matter whether they're young or old. The words that you speak over them has a tremendous impact in their life. You know, I I teach Bible college down in Sterling Heights, and there was one mother that brought her daughter to class. This was, I think, last year. And the mother had said something to her daughter. This daughter was an adult. She was married, had children. And she came to me and wanted to set up an appointment after class one day. And she's not a student, but she just was struggling about some things. And she says, my mom said this about me. And it has really impacted my life. And it was just the week before. And finally, I had to get to the point of saying, listen, you got to believe in you. It doesn't matter what mom said. But the point is this. She's an adult woman married and children But the words of mom still had an impact in her life. We've got to steward our words. That which we say, that which we declare, that which we proclaim, we've got a purpose to wash those things. Amen? In fact, I shared with you uh, that my sister-in-law came in from out of town. And my sister-in-law, she lives life differently than us common folk do. And I say that jokingly just simply because she's always had the desire to live the high society life. I don't know how else to put it, and I don't say that to be condescending. She's always just wanted to live well and live in that upper realm, the upper class. So she associates with very wealthy people. She lives the very wealthy life. And as I'm seeing her interact with her son and talking about how she parents there's certain things that some of those upper echelon upper higher society people they just parent differently than us common folk us common folk we just let our kids grow up we put them to school we do our best and however they come out it's like all right we did okay (laughs) when it comes to an upper class forgive me for using those words i don't know how else to put it They're very intentional in the way that they parent their children. Some of the ways it's like, no, that's not me. Don't want to do that. But there are other areas that they are very intentional in the way that they raise them up. And the way that they're raising them is for success. They're molding them, shaping them, giving them culture, having uh, specific things imparted into their life. So that there is no reason that they cannot have success. For a lot of us common folks, we just roll the dice and hope that it turn out all right. They're very intentional. Why do I say that? Because as parents, we can steward intentionally in the way that our children grow and who they become. And partly of our words determines that. Jesus also said this. He said, he came to heal the brokenhearted. Dads, they lead many times. Through mending broken hearts of life. There's disappointments. There's things that don't turn out the way that we had desired them to. Moms, are they tend to be the nurturers. They tend to be the ones to give you hugs and kisses and blow on the boo-boos. Dads, they mend the broken hearts differently. They help the bruises and the scrapes differently. My wife, she'll love on the kids and she'll wipe it clean and she'll console them i'll be like rub it out come on no stop that crying rub it out come on be tough (laughs) what am i doing i'm helping them in a different way i remember my dad my dad when i was a little boy uh, it was one of those things where uh mom she left me to uh the devices of dad i was at his mercy and uh we were outside one day and i I, the way that i understand it well i got to use that all right thank you is it on loose cable all right Check, one, two. All right, here we go. Thank you. Uh, I, was, I was staying there with Dad, and Dad had me out front. I don't know what he was doing. But I was on this little car, and I don't remember this part of it. This is the way that I understand it. But I, I had my knee in this little car, and so I was holding onto the steering wheels. My knee was in the car, and I was pushing it with the other one. I going down the sidewalk, going down the sidewalk, and I probably had some good speed built up. And going down the sidewalk, there was a step there, and it wasn't moving out of my way. And I hit the step, I came over the car, and I ended up busting my lip on the next step or something of that nature. And it tore my lip open pretty good. I still have a scar to this day from that experience. I don't remember that part, but what I do remember is Dad scooping me up, taking me upstairs to his bedroom, laying me on the bed, Putting some Vaseline. Who puts Vaseline on an open wound? You're supposed to let it air out, not plug it up with with grease, you know. But nevertheless, (laughs) Dad did the best that he could, you know. He put Vaseline on there, and he turned the fan on. I still remember that. Laying on the bed. Dad mending my wounds, putting the fan on, and I fell asleep. Once again, as fathers, God has given us the stewardship of mending the broken hearts. He also said that I've come to bring freedom. I've come to bring freedom. Freedom comes through hard work. Thank God for dads that steward their lives in such a way that they work hard. Did you ever notice that the Bible says that God has given us six days to work and then one to rest? We live in a culture where they're like, how can we not work for six days and maybe work a half a day? There's something to be said for setting an example, having a work ethic, teaching our children that it's an honorable thing to work. There's a younger generation that is lacking a work ethic these days. There's a generation that has not learned how to get planted in just a place. In fact, statistically speaking... Our young generation, they don't stay very long at a job. Within a year or two, they're moving on to the next. And our young generation, the young generation doesn't look for a homestead. They just look for a place to live. Thank God that there are fathers that will set an example, that have been a good steward, that have set an example of what it is to have a good work ethic. Jesus also said, I've come to give sight to the blind. Sight must come with boundaries. You realize that when it comes to seeing everything, there can become great distractions. But there's something to be said to having boundaries in our life. Once again, so many people hate the idea of having structure, disciplines. But how how many of you know that you never get anywhere in life without structure, discipline, and stability? Thank God for... Dads, that will set a standard before us. I saw this statistic just the other day. And it was concerning cell phones. Have you noticed that everybody's got a cell phone nowadays? I'm closing with these next couple thoughts, so hang in there. Have you ever noticed everybody's got a cell phone nowadays? I heard this just the other day, that most people don't know what it is to be bored anymore because they got a phone at their hand. Over 50% of teenagers nowadays go into the shower with a cell phone. I mean, you can't sit it down for a minute. Well, I might miss the call. I went to my, my daughter's fourth grade graduation just this last week. I was standing up in the back. It was standing room only. And the whole back wall was full of parents. And as far as I could see, every parent had their cell phone out before everything started. We're distracted. And so, therefore, we got to set some structure and some boundaries in our lives. Lastly, he said this, I've come that you would be, not be oppressed, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, those that would be free. As dads, our job is to set boundaries to protect our kids from the junk of life. Do you realize there's a lot of things out there that are trying to shape and mold our children today? I've had parents say to me, well, what if your kids ever became that? Nope, won't ever happen how do you know? Because I'm a steward, and I'll steward my family in a way that I'll raise them up to see the way that God sees things. Well, how do you know that? What if they ever turn out? They won't turn out that way. Because I'll train up my child in the way that they'll go. And therefore, I have confidence in my God that they will be the people that God has called them to be. Are you here? There is no chance. I said there is no chance. Statistically speaking, listen to this. When it comes to homes that have substance abuse within the homes, 80% of the children will become alcoholics or addicted because substance was in the home. Now listen to this statistic. When there wasn't substance in the home, 0% of their children becoming alcoholics or addicted to substance. You say, well, there's got to be the occasion. There's got to be the exception. There, There probably is. But statistically speaking, it doesn't even register on the radar. It's not even something that becomes a percentage even because the parents choose to steward and protect their kids from the junk of life. Are you here today? And lastly, he said the acceptable year of the Lord. What does a father do? A father says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Dads, Thank you for setting a standard within your home to say, "We're going to serve the Lord." I realize, realize there's times where kids said, i well, we go to church," and they're like, "Well, <laughs> like it or lump it, you're going." Thanks for setting a standard. Thanks for being a good steward. Thanks for mentoring your children in the ways that they should go. How many of you ever disliked Brussels sprouts as a kid? Anybody? I did. I like them now. I didn't like mushrooms or onions when I was a kid. I love them now. I wish my wife would love onions because it would make it a whole lot easier kissing her at times. But I hated green peppers. If my mom put green peppers in anything, I could taste it. She would lie to me and say, I didn't. I'm like, you, God, can taste it. Okay, I did. I love green peppers now. You realize there's things that you're shaped and molded into becoming in favor of. When it comes to serving God. It's not always convenient. But as dads. We can steward our homes. So they can say. As for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. As we dismiss. I just want to pray over you dads. Whether you have adult children. Children whether you have children still at your home, or maybe there's coming a time when you desire to be a father. And I know that there's those that that do desire. They're seeing it in the near future. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that the eyes of our understanding are opened. That, God, we're learning what it is to become and be the fathers you've called us to be. God, whether we've raised our children, God, help us in this new season of life to be able to mentor, lead, and parent on this side. For those of us that have children still at home, God, I pray that you would give us the strength, the fortitude, the anointing upon our lives to be the men and the fathers you've called us to be. And God, in the name of Jesus, those that have desire to have children one day, God, I thank you that you're shaping them, molding them. You're making them the fathers that they are to become. And we thank you for helping us to be good stewards. In Jesus' name. And everyone said,